1: What's good, Internet? Welcome to day two of our holiday podcasts here at Waypoint. Uh, Today joining me, I think this is probably going to be the same crew as yesterday. We're in the middle of recording these, recording them out of order, so who even knows? (laughs) Uh, Danielle Riendo is here.
2: Hi, hello. Uh,
1: Rob Zachney.
3: Here with the Wrecking Crew. (laughs) Uh,
1: uh, that, That video hasn't aired yet. Like you're referencing the a thing that, Wrecking Crew. Oh wait, maybe that will be today. Today's Tuesday. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll actually yeah. be. Yep. Uh huh. Good. If you don't know what Rob's talking about, go watch our video of, of us playing some XCOM 2, featuring the Wrecking Crew, uh, that also rhymed. featuring also featuring a Russian who believes he's a steampunk. Hey, home. and if
3: anyone has a good suggestion for like a douchebaggy steampunky name for an alien hunter that sounds like gears and valves. Uh, then let us know, because uh, we we need we need some help.
1: We do need some help. Also joining us, the the truest steampunk of them all, Patrick clapper
0: <laughs> Am I still angry about this tax bill a week later? Check in. I am. Check yes. in with yeah. my Twitter feed a week from now.
1: Yeah, no, probably.
0: No, wait. I mean, my current Twitter feed in oh. the, the 19th. Twitter... I see. Hmm. I'm telling Look, myself you, to check my Twitter feed a week from now.
1: I see. You're saying when you listen to this uh-huh. on uh, like as always, <laughs> when on, I re- on, Yeah, when I re listen to re-listen all of our podcasts <laughs> on, on December twenty on December twenty fifth, it's it's Christmas time in the in the Klepek household, you exchange gifts, there's singing cake, uh, a ham or a turkey perhaps. Twenty six rolls around, you like sit the whole family down, and you go, All right, time I'm listening to the listen podcast, to podcast. Pod- waypoint podcast time. Um, it's funny you bring up the tax bill, Patrick, because okay, today, um, to go hand in hand with uh, an article that that Danielle wrote uh, about all the the great queer characters in games this year, yes. we wanted to kind of circle back around to something we did way earlier this year, which was, you know what, let we'll me just talk about politics. Uh, talk about what, what politics looks like in games this year. Talk about what what the kind of state of play is. That uh, was not meant to be a, a a pun in any way, but like. You know, it has been... We've said it again and again, I think, all year. This year fucking sucks. Uh, We wear our politics pretty cleanly on our sleeves. or Maybe it's not even that we wear them so much as we do our best to explore them very publicly. Um, We talk about games with a political lens, and, you know, what that meant two years ago is not what that means now. It means what it meant two years ago and also means this this other thing, too, where we're, we're thinking about how the current uh you know administration in washington is affecting things in in the us for games how world politics has, has affected things all around the world um you know it is a story that there are types of stories that we, that we reported on this year that are not what we would have thought to report on a couple of years ago um not that the stories weren't there but you know i think i think this was kind of a kick in the ass to some degree um so I'm just kind of just get the temperature in the room. Like the day that we're recording this, the I guess moments ago while we were recording another video, the House of Representatives passed the Republican uh, tax overhaul. Um, that is, even, I don't even like calling it that because it's such a. Hey, on, such the an fl- on the plus what the side, fuck it is. what is uh,
0: breaking right now is so you know when uh, all the really good Virginia uh, votes happened, whatever, yes. like a month and a half ago. That the yes. Democrats got a bunch of, you know, uh, made a lot of progress in the House of Delegates in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of them had to go to a recount. And if a couple of those mm-hmm. tipped the Democrats' way, they could either uh, win or uh, tie the House of Delegates. Which, to be clear, they were down 32 seats prior right. to That's the, the a election. Like a a huge, lot. A, a huge amount. Yeah. It was generation, generationally in Democrat, uh, in Republican power. And so uh, the recount happened today. and was just certified. And they won... A seat in the House of Delegates by one vote,
3: uh, which brings uh, it
0: to 50-50 power because the Democrats wow. got that, that w- like, not one vote, like, oh, we went to, to the Senate and, like, there are 50, you know, no. One vote in, an, like, an, in an election right. was enough to- Like, t- one person, one person. In the booth. One person, yes. Oh. And that gives wow. them 50-50 totally. and a lot a better chance of uh, passing a Medicare expansion in uh, Virginia, so- so that's good. Perfect.
1: That's hey. It's a step. It's a step. Uh, and like those local races are going to be the things that help shift policy, like in general. Uh, especially if 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 Republicans continue to to run things at the federal level, like one of the ways to counter that is to start winning local elections and and making you know if the shift is towards state power, then then fucking run those states. You know, um, it's it is. Maybe the the stuff that was happening in 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 Virginia, I I, I guess I'll still say Alabama, um, yeah. is meaningful uh, and and heartening. Maybe some of the stuff Doug Jones has said since, since that vote has not been as great. Uh, but well,
3: and then you got Meacham
1: in uh, Virginia right, 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 being right. like,
3: man, I can't wait to uh, get people uh, back on the workforce uh, who were on uh, Medicaid. So that's. Pardon
1: me? yeah. Which so is this where we're at? What?
3: It's it's interesting you talk about like the
0: what's actually important is like the local elections because it's about like stuff you can control. Like I think has mm-hmm. been like the a lesson of twenty seventeen for me and like in this whole climate was like finding things that I can make. An impact in, And, like, that runs everything from, like, voting in my local school board um, mm-hmm. to make, a, you know, changes on, like, a, you know, like, a, like an actual high school, like, board policy level. And then mm-hmm. on the flip side of that is, like, essentially, like, why we, like, started Waypoint. Like, like, part right. of that was, like, a frustration that Austin and I have had, like, in our history of, like, working for places that uh, politics just were not a huge part of, like, how you ran a video game website, which is, like, yeah. totally fine for lots of places. That's less of an indictment as much as, like, what I found myself more interested in doing was that type of work. And so, like, Waypoint, you know, from day one was, like, trying to create a space that, like, that's just the kind of place we are. And, like, that has been really heartening to have in 2017 was, like, like a cool, like, a, it really just a, a place where I can have those thoughts and have those conversations and share that with like a larger audience that maybe doesn't get to have those conversations with people yep. in their lives. It's like they can come to waypoint and listen to people have those and participate that whether it's in the forums or, or Twitter or like whatever the case, like trying yep. to create a community that is built around sort of like those shared values and interests.
1: And I, I here's the thing I, I want to say briefly about that too, is like, I know that lots of people I, I've you know spoken to people, fans of ours, readers, um, People who maybe don't agree with us on everything, but who appreciate and and I appreciate that they appreciate this, that we put stuff on their radar or, or or connect it to their to their world in ways that helps them to think about it. I have done a lot of roasting a sort of um very popular liberal mode of uh of relating the political uh in my in my time, which is to say Uh, comparisons between trump and voldemort or trump and emperor palpatine or trump and sauron or trump and various other villainous you know figures Mm -hmm. in pop culture Uh, and in general the sort of like hashtag the resistance hashtag where the the rebel alliance symbol on your sleeve the like we are the the we are up to no good shit like those metaphors have always bugged me because they are very surface level and when they're very surface level they suggest a certain arc to history that is rarely as clean um, uh, they suggest a certain purity that you will not find in the people you're going to vote for unfortunately uh, and they suggest a certain degree of like there is there is a, a reductive quality uh, on the way to making what might feel at the time like, a, like an effective metaphor um, but What I do want to say is I also recognize one of the things that I'm so proud of being able to do this year has been how do these policies materially affect the world that we have already spent a lot of attention, paying a lot of attention to? So like when we ran the story about how the getting rid of the ACA could affect independent game developers and, and remove a social safety net that allowed them to leave big publishers and go on to do their own projects... To me, that is one of those things that that does the the walks that that line between saying, "Oh, what's the thing you're interested in," and and then over here, what is the the sort of like big picture political uh, event happening, and how do we tie those two things together? And I think we have found the right mix of those things. Uh, it's not it's certainly not to say that we also haven't turned to games to say, like, well, what? How can we figure something out or think through a problem? <clears throat> by using dark souls 2 as a framework we're thinking about uh you know so, some some uh, political or, or theoretical or philosophical concerns and i think that stuff totally works and i've been really happy to, to have waypoint be a place where we can do that work um i just hope we keep doing it well <laughs> Daniel, it sounded I, like you had a thing to say there yeah
2: more than anything one thing that really struck me when you were saying that uh, what you were saying about sort of the The impetus to simplify, the impetus to put things in in the framework of, you know, good guys versus bad guys, the way that a lot of our popular fiction does. It -hmm. does two things, uh, and one of them is, of course, sort of related to something we've talked about recently, about, like, your consumer tastes dictating who you are as a person, which is still a little bit part of the problem, but more than that. And I don't know if, if we want to tie this sort of directly into specific games, but we can or we can't. It's okay either way. But it did mm-hmm. re- remarkably strike me as basically something that's in a line from Wolfenstein, uh, which is, you know, sort of uh, BJ is going on and on. He's talking, This is in the scene where he meets Grace for the first time in New York. He's going on and on, uh, you know, about, oh, they're monsters. He, he says something about the Nazis are monsters after mm-hmm. Grace has sort of gone on and talked about uh, what you know, what the Nazis have done, what they've done to America, what they did in the bombing. And she kind of does that that thing where she just looks at them and she's like, no, they're men. And yeah. that's uh, one of the more powerful moments in a game full of powerful moments that, of course, we've talked it to death, but right there that like immediately brought me right back to that scene. Uh, and I think the tone of that game, it, it did it. I think it went there in a really good way.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that's probably a good moment to pivot to think about how games have responded this year whether they intended to or not how games have 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 or haven't uh addressed our political moment um obviously i think we would uh based on what we've already talked about i think we would all say that new colossus probably has is the easiest pick uh, uh to pull from here but i'm curious if anybody else can point to other games this year that they felt like maybe didn't address the the trump administration uh, but addressed some some idea or some struggle or something uh this year in a way that, that you didn't expect or in a way that that impressed you or made you think
2: there was a through line uh through some of the game you know, i'm i'm of course we're, we're doing our end of year stuff we're doing our you know sort of yeah. games of the year stuff there was a through line in like three of my games of the year that that went directly to sort of dark corporate futures that i thought was pretty interesting uh in tacoma and prey and observer they all kind of had different degrees of this uh but all of them absolutely kind of took this stance of like yeah we're just going to keep going down this path this path is bad and everything's going to be bad and everybody's (laughs) going to suffer for it human beings will suffer uh for for the idea that corporations will have more autonomy than individual humans and, and in very different ways. Prey is much more the the sort of uh, classic sci fi. It was using it as something of a backdrop. You know, the corporate ass covering is a lot of uh, what, right. what, you know, created the conditions for the disaster. But Tacoma, I think, really digs in in an interesting way here by positing not just sort of a dark, monstrous corporate future, but just a really sad and grim one where people, you know, two husbands will argue over whether. They should stay with Hilton because they have all these, you know, affinity points, which is basically what currency is in this world. and Or whether they should go to the Sheridan, who, you know, maybe has a better uh, you know, retirement home that you can go to if you stay <laughs> with the company for 30 years. Things like right. that really, <laughs> really kind of meant a lot to me in terms of, of kind of digging into a lot of the financial impact of the kinds of decisions that are being made.
3: Tacoma is a really interesting one, I think, Um because in, yeah, the, the whole loyalty points thing—it sort of posits that we're heading towards this economy of um, basically government-sanctioned indentured servitude yep. to corporate entities. Uh, so it's sort of like the um, <clears throat> if sort of the, the socialist dream is of taking these like massive institute like corporate institutions that have basically become core civic infrastructure and nationalizing them. Tacoma is saying, well, what if instead they never get nationalized and instead sort of trap human beings in their walled garden of employment and benefits and perquisites? Mm -hmm. And yeah, so everyone in Tacoma is to an extent trapped in their job because they can't give up. Uh, They can't give up benefits. Uh, They can't give up the opportunities uh, it's creating to go to, say, like, Amazon University, there's a loyalty transfer point. You don't pay tuition money anymore, you pay tuition loyalty points. Uh, And this is, uh, you know, when we're talking about that, you know, the many attempted uh, acts of sabotage and destruction of the ACA, this is partly what a lot of this revolves around. This idea that like, yeah, you're free, but (laughs) you are constrained in a lot of ways by corporate structures and uh, sort of rigging of the system. In uh, in ways that benefit uh, corporations and shareholders, uh, and so I think yeah, Tacoma has that going for it as well as a really bleak and totally authentic feeling uh, vision of how fucking smarmy the future we are on a track to build <laughs> yeah. is going to be. Yeah. This idea that like um, you know like late this year, Elon Musk had one of his big his big uh, Brainstorms, one of his big moonshot type ideas, super exciting stuff. He was going to put a fucking Tesla Roadster in orbit around Mars using one of his rockets. Uh And (laughs) his, uh, his, it's Space One, right? I think Uh, so. The rocket venture he's running?
1: Yeah, I I believe that that's, yeah, I think that's right.
3: It is. It is exciting stuff. It is like cutting edge rockety, rocketry stuff. There is space access. Cool space access. Space, space, right. space
1: one is someone else's.
3: Uh, is that the Virgin Death <laughs> Trap? Maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> anyway, uh, point is. Um, so some of that is exciting, but then also, what is the vision there? Uh, I'm going to basically hang a corporate billboard for my fucking car company in orbit <laughs> around Mars. Right. Uh, in other words, I'm basically going to vandalize uh, the natural wonder that is our solar system in some ways. Right. Uh, hang a billboard. But this is this is kind of what we are sleepwalking towards. And Tacoma's like, okay... Uh, all every time you ever said like I love living in the future when your phone like gets an email or you know you right. you manage to like edit a photo, uh, you know you know using your using your fingertips. Every time you say I love living living in the future, uh, Tacoma's like okay, let's just take that to the, log- the logical consequences. Um, the future's here. We have space travel. Uh, you can see the solar system. There's extraterrestrial colonization uh, happening. All awesome shit, right? Except it's going to be. The same garbage we have now, uh, right. all the like twee branding. Uh, that th- we already live with to the nth degree and there's no escape from it totally
1: oh and i think that that connects to something else that i think i saw throughout games this year which which was uh, a degree of of environmentalist concern um uh yeah. you know i don't think that uh mass act andromeda is a fantastic game i don't love horizon zero dawn as much as many people but both of those games uh among others rain world this year um block this year like there's there a lot of games this year that that thought okay the thing that is going to be more cat- uh, catastrophic than any supervillain, more deadly than any evil AI, uh, is going to be environmental destruction. Even when, you know, ca- uh, evil supervillains and AIs are involved, the thing that that is the most existential threat for human life uh, is, is uh, environmental disaster uh, that we are steadily walking towards. Um, and... I don't know that any of those games necessarily stuck with me particularly well, but there is something about, um, th- that's one of those things that I'm hopeful that as we continue to move forward, we get more and more and more about, and, and even maybe I can imagine it being the place where we actually see works that are almost didactic, almost po- polemic. Um, I just got a chance to rewatch, um, uh, uh, Nausicaa and uh, the in the Valley of the Wind, um, which was the pre Studio Ghibli Studio Ghibli film, the, the the one that kind of led to uh, Studio Ghibli being made, and that is a movie that is like fucking on its nose, like one hundred percent about environmentalism and conservation and the protection of animals and blah blah blah. And I you know I think it's almost there's a degree of it that's like a little corny now because it's so obvious, but at the same time there is there of all of the issues. It is the one that is the most absurd that we are not <laughs> unified on uh, addressing and, and I say that as someone who you know is not an environmentalist first and foremost I am you know I've definitely studied labor more than I've studied you know environmental theory or environmental policy um, but I absolutely can imagine us getting games in the near future and I hope we do that really dig into that that topic uh, head first and and encourage us to become more politically active um, Because it's a fucking big one. It's a big one.
2: (laughs) Yeah, if we can't live, that's a little bit of an issue.
1: It's a bit of an issue. No.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash Switch.
3: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at MintMobile.com.
1: Uh, anyone else have anything else that they saw in games this year or the near future even? You know? it's, I, it's uh, oh, go ahead. oh, I was going to say, uh,
0: this is one that uh, I'm sure uh, Danielle has thought a lot about, but Um, so, like, the new Life is Strange, which, uh, it's, like, we're recording this, I think the final episode is, uh, is out, I think I just saw Steam download it for me, but it's a game, uh, certainly has a a political bent, especially in its focus on, um, uh, the kind of relationships it chooses to highlight, but a game that had external politics thrust on it, and thus, like, its political, uh, lean is interesting because it has, in, in some ways, less to do with the game itself as much as, like, the corporate structure around it. And so for people who aren't aware, like the, the new Life is Strange uh, before the Storm, which was not made by Don't Nod, the original developers, they're making another <laughs> they're making another Life is Strange that <laughs> we don't know what it'll be about or if it'll be connected or in the same universe or whatever, but they're doing something else. Um, it was by a new team, but also working under uh, Square Enix. Uh, and uh, the, the prequel chose to, uh, or I guess was in development that overlapped with the SAG-AFTRA uh, voice actor strike. Um, and as a result uh, they were not able to secure uh, some of the same voice acting talent, such as Ashley Birch uh, and so they replaced them uh, in, uh, rather than waiting for the original uh, for the, the voice actor strike to resolve itself, for the, the, the labor dispute to come to a conclusion, they chose to press forward with the game um, and the weird part is, is like that voice acting dispute uh, got resolved and now the voice actors are coming back For the epilogue episode that is coming out in January, I believe, that will uh, be even. It's a prequel, prequel. It takes place even earlier in the timeline (laughs) for the two main characters from uh, Life is Strange. Um, But it made this really interesting moment where, uh, like, so for example, uh, Danielle and I have both written, wrote about um, uh, Before the Storm uh, in 2017. uh, And it wasn't until. Uh, a little bit into writing about it that someone sort of dragged us on Twitter uh, by pointing out that how can you write about a game without at least, like, talking about the facts of the labor politics surrounding it. And it was a t- totally, 100%, like, valid criticism that even if we were going to write about that game, that we should acknowledge some of the labor politics around it because it is a game that, um, you know, Danielle, as you've written, like, you know, because of yeah. the relationships portrayed in it, it means a lot to you and to a lot of people um, to see a... You know, a gay relationship at the heart, and like not just that it's there, it's celebrated. It's like it is, yeah. and especially the the, sequ- the prequel is like it's super gay. Like it's like it really <laughs> leans into it in a way that the original game was more kind of dancing around and was a little more open to interpretation in in a lot of ways. Whereas this one is just like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> they're gay all the way. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're lesbians, Harold. Yes, exactly yeah, Rob. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Perfect. But I'm sure um, you I'm sure I'm sure yeah. you, know, you must have had some complicated feelings about that as you sort of played through it as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's 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 really hard to, to kind of love something with your whole heart and then go you know, to look into a little bit of how it was made and then kinda of think, like, oh god, they use scab labor. Like God you know, God damn it! You know, kind of throw the throw the mm-hmm. desk over and have that kind of reaction a little bit of like, you made something so great, can't you can't you make it the right way too? And then, of course, that's me being also like a little bit not not selfish, but a little selfish, wanting this to kind of be. We talk a lot about things that are problematic, right? We talk a lot about mm-hmm. you know uh, that that phrase itself, and and it's okay to like things and understand that you know there are compromises made sometimes uh, when something is made, and you have to kind of decide where you land on that in a lot of ways and you have to kind of be honest with yourself uh, where you land on something so that that remains like the game this year that I have the most complicated feelings on because of that and
1: totally
2: yeah and and I still I'm so frustrated I personally frustrated by it because it's something I want to completely wholeheartedly celebrate Uh, because it's not it's not only just like super gay but it's also super honest Uh, in a lot of ways it's honest about Things like attraction and things like being an awkward teenager and a lot of other things that it really nailed. I thought the writing was really incredible in this one. Yeah, uh, I expected is... I
0: expected them to fuck it up real bad. Yeah, and they, exactly. And they actually, I, I thought, <laughs> given sort of a flawed premise that wasn't something I necessarily thought needed to be explored, they actually cr- ended up crafting something, like, really, yeah. really interesting, uh, I thought. I'm, I'm really looking forward to sort of seeing how... Um, it all ends up playing out in the finale. But yeah, it was one of those things where like in my top 10 list, like I almost felt like the labor politics disqualified it from being like, it was something that I found interesting and wanted to write about. But I was wondering, I was like, uh, does that like, what does it say to put it on my top 10? And I, I don't know. Like it just, that, that game, I, I, I'm with you. And that it, it, it bothered me that I had to be so wishy-washy yeah. about it, given that I, like you wanted to just celebrate like this thing that shouldn't have worked. And instead not only worked, but it's like really great in totally different ways. Like if, 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 the, if the through line of Life is Strange is being earnest to a fault, which is like a great way to describe sort of like <laughs> a lot of the, the characters and the, and the emotions. Like uh, Life is Strange did it in one direction and then uh, Before the Storm does it in another in a way that, uh, yeah, I just, I, I really enjoyed.
2: Yeah, 100%. There's the, a little um, bit of this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Austin.
1: Go ahead. What were we going to say? I was going to say,
2: there's a tiny bit of this for me as well in Hatton uh, Time, uh, which, again, was another right. game that I, I really enjoyed. And it. it was like, oh, my God, this shouldn't work, you know? 3D platformers are ridiculously well, hard. Especially to make. after
0: Ukulele fucked it up so
2: bad. Yes. Oh, yes, exactly. Right. So really I was not expecting much and then I really really enjoyed that game and then there was oh right, JonTron Tron is in this game which of course if you're unfamiliar with the controversy, he has said some ridiculously racist things. And he was sort of a bit part voice actor in the game, but the fact that they kind of left him in when they kicked him out of Ukulele, the other game that he was in, I think he was another sort of character in that game. <clears throat> that, that didn't look great either. That that had some connotations there, well, too. I,
1: I mean, the part of the thing that I think is probably worth saying is this is true across the board. Games, especially big AAA games, we know are made under shitty conditions. Crunch culture has been defended multiple times this year. Yeah. The ESA has come out to defend Trump's policies many times yeah. and celebrate them. Um, there is... Like, we game under protest. Uh, we game as hypocrites to some degree. Um,
0: well, that's life. It is. It is. We are daily hypocrites in all parts 100%. of our lives. You breathe but I think under it is, hypocrisy.
1: But, yeah. <laughs> I wanted, but, but there was a difference, I think, between... I wanted to just make sure we called that out because i don't want anyone saying like, well as long as we don't have those two issues the industry where it's at now is good like no like so long as people are crunching it's not good like I, so long as we have a situation where crunch culture is is not just accepted but often defended so long as we have a culture in which you know the response to uh voice actors trying to 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 uh, you know push back and go on strike is well why don't why doesn't everybody uh uh who makes a game or the people who really make games get more pay and instead of the the answer being that it should be you know you should and and that might mean destabilizing the industry for a little while as as we work out what a more equitable situation is like until it's that we all we will always have work to do so even when these like big picture or these these kind of big attention grabbing issues uh that go into making our games like are are even if those are gone, even those are out of sight, that doesn't mean that there aren't other problems to address. Again, on top of the environmental issues, on top of e-waste, on top of all of this stuff, and, like, that isn't meant to be demoralizing or isn't meant to say, like, and that's why you're not allowed to play video games, but... The, one of the ways in which, capital, um, in which capital hides its sins, one of the ways in which capitalism tricks us is to make us think that products arrive fully formed on the shelf. They come from a mind and then go into a box. Um, and it is one of the best things we can do to interrogate how a product is made and what the, the material uh, actions were that brought it there. Um, Because and then what happens to it when we're done with it also, Um, because when you don't like that is when you end up with workers being underpaid, with work conditions being being really terrible, with environmental disaster, with, you know, even with like Bitcoin uh, mining, using up more energy than Google does now, Um, which is a (laughs) wild statistic. Uh, And like those are the things that are easy to 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 parse over and i think it's on us all to want and work towards a more equitable and and stronger future for gaming even if it's a bumpy a uh, bumpy ride along the way because otherwise like it's just gonna burn down faster like i'll take I'll take a few bad years of games uh, if it means getting to a place where where we know that like the industry is a lot more stable and a lot more uh built around a lot more open and, and a lot more built towards towards uh having a future instead of just over and over again taking these huge home run swings uh and and churning through people because people aren't easy to replace resource you know. I think that's my big sh- spiel for this year. Yeah, I,
2: we'll... want, I want developers to be able to eat, not be yep. afraid of being harassed in their workplace, and uh, yep. have, have a job. Those are things. we should. I think we should talk like.
1: about this in another another episode because we're, we're running out of time now, but like, start thinking about, uh, and, and for listeners too, because we're going to wrap back around to this, what could a different games industry look like? Um, we're going to come back to that a little bit later this week. Uh, start dreaming. Start dreaming, and we'll see if our dreams line up. Uh, I think that might do it for us. I think we're just running out of time at this point, unless anyone has any last
3: last little shout outs. I do have one shout out I've been kind of sitting on. Sure. Uh, just a little bit, because it's a game I did not expect any kind of political messaging or awareness like from, mm-hmm. but it's there. Um, Assassin's Creed Origins. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, which is one like, there's a lot of reasons this game has ended up being a really pleasant surprise uh, for me this year. There's, there's actually a, a lot that I like going on in that game. But um, uh, Cameron Kunzelman wrote about this really, really well uh, for one of his postscript columns, uh, which is about, like, Assassin's Creed Origins is sort of about uh, you know, the start of the war between the Assassins and the Templar. Um, you know, the Templar kind of already exists in the story, but this is about how, like, the Assassins form to counter them. Uh, and it starts with uh, a couple of grieving parents kind of on a vendetta, uh, to avenge a personal tragedy, uh, which is how a lot of Assassin's Creed stories yep. start, right? Like, uh, something bad happens to someone personally, and then you go kill the wrongdoers, but it's all part of this entire meta plot uh, that spans generations. Here you're at the start of all that. Um, and what's really interesting is the sort of schism that opens up in this story is that your character, the player character, um, is a video game sad dad <laughs> in some ways. He, <laughs> but he thinks, like, he thinks this revenge is finite. Uh, that once, you know, once the people who did this to his family and who have been sort of plotting to uh, subvert the rule of law in Egypt, right, uh, once they're dealt with, he can go back with his wife to their small town in Siwa. Um, And life will be okay again. They can go back and it will be like this didn't happen. Uh, You know, or not like this didn't happen, but they'll move on. And she realizes, as the scope of the conspiracy uh, and interests that brought this about begins to become clear, she realizes that, like, no, justice requires something more. Like, there are broader systems at play here. Like, even if we are personally avenged, even if we are personally safe, they're going to do this to other people, to other families, uh, in other places, in other parts of the world that we don't even know about. And now that we have that awareness, it's incumbent on us to act. Um, Right. And I think that is really impressive uh, for for an Assassin's Creed game of of all things like and it's still it's still an Assassin's Creed game like it's still kind of vague (laughs) but it is kind of pointing toward this this awareness of like okay well, well here's why here's why the assassins exist right like here's you know here's what happens when you realize that like a lot of the evils in the world are not isolated incidents they're not a few bad actors they are right. systemic, and right. they're across multiple generations, uh, and fighting them requires a completely different perspective and uh, a different mindset.
1: Which, which sort of runs against one of the long-running things with Assassin's Creed, which is the sort of conspiracy theory style. Oh, it's, it's these 12 people in a room. Like, they're twirling their mustaches. Like, well, okay. But like, why are they twirling their mustaches? Who like, there, there's always going to be 12 people in a room so long as the rest of this shit is lined up the way it is, and mm-hmm. like, that ends up being a much harder fight to have. Like, the the sad lesson of the Assassin's Creed games is that it it doesn't just mean you have to kill the 12 people in that room. Like, that isn't going to fix 13. Uh, it's 13. You, have to oh, the thir- the you have to kill the 13. You kill them. That back kill 14. So if you kill fourteen, Assassin's Creed fourteen, in which you killed the fourteen people in that room, dude. This then you're might done. be
0: Assassin's Creed
1: fourteen. How many? How... <laughs> this might be Assassin's Creed fourteen. Wrong, yeah. There's okay. no way that's not
0: Assassin's Creed. Series. Hey, let's remember there were three Assassin's Creed two games, and there are also, were also you get three of the PSP those PSP
2: games. Yeah, and the well,
0: no, side no, no. scrollers. We're gonna, we're gonna say no, no, no. We're gonna say we're gonna say mainline. Okay, okay. mainline still means Assassin's Creed two. Like colon. So we have Assassin's Creed. Assassin's yeah. Creed
1: 2. 2. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Brotherhood, 3. Revelations, 4. four. Three, 3, 5.
3: 4, four black 6. Flag. Wait. Yep. And then, oh, we're not doing right. the other ones. Rogue Liberation, no. 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 See, it really would uh, be 14 we, I think Ro- rogue, I think does, rogue. I think counts. Rogue counts.
0: Rogue counts. So that's 7. Unity, 8. Syndicate, 9.
1: Origins, 10. What about I Assassin's think...
3: Creed 3? Did you leave that out? No, we got
1: No, that. we said 3. Okay. So ten. I feel, feel like you can... I feel like you can count liberation.
3: I feel like it's yeah, That's the PSP like that. game, that's a
1: whole game, that's a whole well, and game. Well you can
3: now play it on PC. Like it like I understand why okay. it wasn't mainline, but I think yeah. it kind of got retconned into like, okay, actually this is a really important AC game. So a lot. Right. Of-
1: yeah. That's pretty close. (laughs) Pretty close. So you kill
3: 11 (sighs) epochs worth of people, Uh and you're good to fucking go. Uh, No, (laughs) but I think, but this is why it's effective. Like, telling the origin story here, it's this weird thing of, like, there's this awful trend of, like, what do you do when you're out of ideas for sequels? You do the origin story. Right. Um, And that's kind of what I expected from this one. It was going to be, like, oh, fuck it. Like, you guys like pyramids, right? Okay, here we go. (laughs) Uh, And instead, it ends up being... Uh, really affecting, because coming at the stage in the series, you realize what uh, Aya is—the is character who sort of founds the Assassin Order. You realize what she just signed up for, right. and the magnitude of the struggle that she and her ideological adherents are going to commit to, commit themselves to. Um, and I think, it go, yeah, it does go beyond uh, just like you know waxing a dozen or so, uh, you know, <laughs> shitty. Uh, you know, shitty lesser demons. Uh, right. Every generation, it goes to uprooting their web of influence and oppressive systems wherever you find them, dismantling them, and basically salting the earths of those systems and those foundations of power cannot reform now admittedly this the series as a whole kind of indicates the assassins have not really succeeded uh but nevertheless every generation important uh, awareness they're, they're gonna keep at it keep try. at it keep
1: at
0: it you gotta Never, try nevertheless out. the assassins persist
1: oh fuck off. oh my god
2: all right. I, have, I have one more i have one more okay. But it's okay it it's,
1: is we okay it's
2: just a shout out it's just night in the woods shout out it's a sympathetic portrait of
1: depressed okay. community
2: rust bill that's all it's a shout mm-hmm. out i'm already done
1: Okay. We uh, we've been going for longer than we were supposed to. That's okay. We will be back tomorrow with, with another one of these. Uh, so look for that. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash waypoint, waypointadvice.com. I'm just gonna give those shout-outs today. We gotta wrap up and, and then record another one of these, otherwise we will run out of time. Hope everyone's having a good holiday. Uh, until tomorrow. Danielle, what do we say?
2: Be good and be good at it.
1: Peace.